0: Hmm.
1: Recorded live.
0: Okay, let's play that legal procedure. As always, Jimmy right on me, Jay Moore. You can listen to legal procedure through iTunes. You can to search legal procedure, subscribe there. You click on the link that we usually post. Just pretty much right on the podcast comes up. Also through the Spreaker account. Jay, kind of, uh, I guess, and as far as recruiting goes, eventful weekend for Ole Miss. I uh, can't say it's ended up too bad. A lot of stuff kind of. I guess, I and mean, you discussed off the podcast and a little bit on, kind of happened.
1: Yeah, uh, it's this past week. It's gone about as well as you could have hoped if you're if you're an Ole Miss fan. They uh, what got three commitments. I mean, I think unless I'm leaving somebody off, right. and um, yeah, and all three of them, um, really, pretty good, pretty good guys to get, and um, you know. It, a couple of them could lead to more um, high rated guys. So, honestly, I think you got to be pretty happy right now.
0: Yeah, I want to talk more about that in a second. I, I guess I'll kind of tell, tell something that happened that you should be proud of. Me. Even though I don't feel I'm in the wrong and you should be proud, of I I kind of apologize to a today and just let something go, and that's usually not me. Him. Uh,
1: what
0: will happen? Well, apparently, it's a guy. I know him. We're not supposed i know him fairly well. He's from around there. Apparently, he just yes yesterday or he recently listened to a podcast where I said something about mulling and the flag and everything else. And I guess he severely disagreed with me. But so he starts texting me today and kind of like giving me heck and all this stuff, which He's he's your really down redneck, bleeds you know wears the the country shirts has a flag on it and all that stuff you know that's that's him. He's not a bad guy. I saying that I'm fine with him. We're not just his friend. I'm fine with him. They goes' going on about this, and I'm I'm just kind of discussing back and forth with him. No big deal. I'm not, I'm not aggravated. Well, then he messes up. This is where he messes up. He's a big basketball guy. And he tells me that you need to just just tip the basketball something that you really know something about even though technically that doesn't even take no real skill to do. you know how I am about basketball. So I start going off about basketball. just Throwing things out there. I I take forever to tell what all I said, but Basically, saying it didn't take a skill basketball didn't fit well. With me. So I'm going all about him about it and pretty much berating him about it. And so I'm how I am pretty much I made a mistake. I start I should have texted you about it. You'd understand more. But I just pretty much clicked on the first text message thing. I have my phone. and I text my wife. Of course she's like, Are you really getting on this guy about this? He's like, You ever think you take things too far? And I thought about it and I said, Look, I just spent twenty minutes getting mad about this. There was some guy who just I just kinda made and I actually went back and told him I was sorry for some of the things I said and said that uh you know how I am about basketball and I just looked at that. He texted me back there more things saying talking trash but I didn't even reply back. I was proud of myself.
1: Yeah, the, uh, probably just heard the two, most the, the one most surprising and least surprising thing on it, all in one, basically one sentence, the, the being the least surprising thing is you went off on somebody about basketball and then probably most surprised that you apologized about it.
0: <laughs> well, I just, I just thought, you know, I'm still going to hear this. I probably did say some things that I shouldn't have said. Although he said plenty of things to me. Because he, he's your you know what little Twitter war you got into? He's ever uh, he's he's everything those guys are but not as intelligent, I guess you could say.
1: Right, because, because regardless of whatever argument you have on Twitter and and I, whatever I mean it was just a discussion yesterday on Twitter, but some of the points they they could have made some points that you could have Somewhat go along with, but saying that basketball doesn't require talent is not something that really anybody can go along with because not anybody can just go out uh, there and play.
0: His part, it, it didn't take a real skill.
1: Uh, well, I would, yeah, I'd say that's about the same and, thing. Well, I'll let you know. This sense. is
0: coming from a guy that who I played basketball with, and he sucks. Yeah, you would,
1: you would, you would think that it would. How? I did, that that part of it makes no sense. If it, if it re- doesn't take a real skill, then anybody should be decently good at it. And well, I've seen plenty that aren't. You know, plenty, plenty that you just des- that like have been what you described this guy as. Plenty like that that aren't very good at basketball, but for some reason don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it obviously takes skill to play something like that. Yes, and as you can imagine,
0: with somebody like me, I did that well. And I let him know profusely how, how that didn't sit well with me. Yeah,
1: I'm not surprised.
0: Uh, I pretty much didn't get done done for like twenty minutes at work. Pretty much. But oh. we'll get into some sports now, we're we'll gonna talk some state later. The commitments wise, I guess you see it and people wanna talk about running backs. We're talking about running run backs first. I guess in this class, technically, we still have four running backs committed. I guess Mitchell's not tentatively off the commitment list, because although he said he opened it up, then probably two or three minutes later uh, deleted the tweet. So people are tentatively keeping him on. You can expect him to, I guess, officially decommit sometime. Uh, From what I understand on this to the whole, we're going to ask you the gray shirt type deal, which if they are, he will gray shirt, they will gray shirt him and they may or may not re-sign him. But it's we're going to ask you to gray shirt and tell you if you want to look around to look around. That's how I understand what happened. But got the Street, he's I guess it's kind of size-wise, bill-wise we talked about him before. He's kind of built out of coming out of high school how Former Alabama running back was T.J. Yeldon. That's kind of his build, kind
1: of his bulk. Yeah. If you can get half to three quarters of what T.J. Yeldon was, then I think that's a, I think that's pretty solid.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's also a guy who can play linebacker. He's, a, I mean, pretty much all of these guys are guys who can play other positions. other running back, Justin Connor good possibility. ends up playing DB, maybe safety. And the other one who I think is strictly, no matter what, probably going to be a running back. And surprisingly, his speed is what surprised me. He's, he was, the Rebel Grove guy, Chase Barham, said today that he, he's, he said he's down to 210. He wanted to lose some legs a little bit faster. But he was up to like two 220. And in a 220, at 220 pounds, he ran a 10.99 100 meter. That's moving no matter what, but at his size, that's really moving.
1: And that And Talking about Devon Pinto. Yeah, you get somebody moving at that size and uh, that's, that's something Ole Miss has been looking for and it's uh, getting this early and uh, you got it. Yeah, I think you gotta feel great about it. Um I, I don't think that, I don't think he's gonna I, I really think he'll stick. Um I mean Oh I do well, agree. he yeah, he's taking his visits, but I, I don't I don't see any reason why he won't stick.
0: Well I give you two guys that are the bigger guys that you're that Ole Miss has been desperately needing coming in. Uh, I guess I believe Connor he will get a shot at running back. I believe he ends up going to D B. A lot of people would think he'll be a better GP in college. You give you two guys there and of course there's Devin White there. If you have any pick on this does it get Devin White today to that change absolutely. It doesn't matter if they have six running backs committed, they will still take Devin White although they're not gonna have that many committed. But there's kind of been brewing I guess at the school Marvel Texas. Really good high school program. Usually has I think I think I went and looked, I think they have around seven Players that have legit BCS offers—I guess not BCS, RF—that has Power Five offers now. But there's really two that stick out there. One is Deontay Adams, who's a five-star safety. I think he's like the number two safety. And the other is a Texas commit right now, but he's visited Ole Miss. He's really an in Ole Miss, and that's Reggie Hemphill. Reggie Hempel will be a bonus, but the main guy, Deontay Adams. Thomas is in a lot of ride receivers that are really good ride receivers, great Davis and everything else. If you get Deontre Adams and helping Reggie Davis, that's a big time win and gives you an in with, with a, a major high school in a major high school in Texas that here and year out good high
1: division one prospects. Yeah, Ole Miss has started doing pretty well in the state of Texas with recruiting, and they've gotten a couple of rece- a couple of good receivers from there in the last few years. And you get a five-star safety from from there, and and they're going to get, and like you said, they're in on a lot of receivers. They're going to get they're going to get some good receivers regardless of Hempfield. But you get you get at least one, and not both of those guys, and you're really doing something. I I, I think if you get guys like that, you'll I don't know if a I don't know if necessarily a pipeline will happen, but um you could definitely see more coming in from that direction in the next few years
0: yeah and the thing about it, i guess in a sense, he said his that his mom was kind of skeptical about it. she ended up coming on a visit with him that he kind of he liked it and in in a sense, almost got i guess lucky with him a little bit. That Devonta Anderson and Reggie Hempfield and miss made a visit in June. And he just kind of tagged along with them just, just to go visit somewhere. And hadn't really thought about, apparently, hadn't thought about all this much. You know, he kind of had heard from all this, but his mom was real skeptical about, you know, visiting, about their, you know, bad reputation. and Pretty much got both came on a visit and was sold ever since. And that just kind of showed you, you know, getting on campus, you got him shot.
1: Yeah, I mean that's something we've said really. However long we've been talking about recruiting is it almost usually has a has a good shot when they get somebody on campus. And hey, if it ha- if it happens to be just because a friend was going and you just wanted to go on, then, and honestly, that's just as just as good as them coming on a on a visit by them, I mean themselves like choosing to. I mean, um, it had pretty much the same effect. So you gotta you gotta like their chances.
0: You gotta think about it. I'm I'm doing some interpretation here. If he doesn't have teammates that are interested in in Miss and making that visit anyway. He probably never makes it to the campus and and never has any true interest in Ole Miss.
1: No, you don't you wouldn't think so, especially if the mom had reservations about it and was skeptical from the beginning. You you just really if this doesn't happen you I wouldn't think that Ole Miss would ever be a serious uh, player for him.
0: Well, other topic,
1: to me, it's not a huge
0: deal. It's a lot of fans just chattering. What's your, I guess, thoughts on the whole Chris Jones and Hugh Freeze still talking, as he's said on the car wash?
1: Um, I personally don't think it's a big deal, and I think people just want to fuss about something. Um. Yeah, and now people like, that are
0: going nuts about it on both. Uh, more state side, obviously, but some way even on this side, I've seen some tweets of freeze and fans going off and all this. Who cares? It was, well, here's my thing. People, a lot of people are acting like their best buds are talking all the time on the phone. I doubt that's really the case. So they talk maybe once or twice a year, catch up in off-season, talk about life, as he says. What well, surprise me all? Are they talking once a week? I
1: highly, highly doubt
0: it. Once a month, I, just, I highly I
1: doubt it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would doubt that too. I, I think people just take the extreme of it I, and or assume the the extreme. But why people are are going overboard on this? It's it's beyond me. I think people just want to fuss. I mean that that seems to be the case with most people these days. Is they just want to fuss about something and that. I wouldn't. Care. I mean, just honestly, he was. According to him, he was really close with Ole Miss. So I mean, I if if a player has that kind of relationship with a coach, I, I mean, will it would it bother me if if a, an Ole Miss player was talking to a, a coach of another team every once in a while on the phone? And I I wouldn't really care. I wouldn't really think much about it, honestly.
0: Well, is it is okay? Is it a little weird? It's weird to hear. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Is it shocking? Like some people act. No,
1: Unless, I mean, I, to, I'll be,
0: he, I'll be honest. I say this, I say this on both sides. If the kid got to choose where he really wanted to go, Chris John's got on this, and that is just a happening state. To be honest, if, if if Caleb Moore really got to choose where he really wanted to go, he'd have chose. Mississippi State. Same with Tobias Singleton. He chose Mississippi State. He really got to choose. But there's politician recruiting. It also helps school the kids. If Ashton Stumpfer would have really got to choose where he wanted to go, he didn't want to omit. It pays off for school sometimes to have those in. Not just a player, but community other things going on, and that happens. And by that happening, you just know he's real close to Hugh Freeze. I mean, state finish from Chris Pine or whatever, I've said this multiple times, and they just go berserk about it, but apart from enough people, if it was just his decision, he would have been, went on this.
1: Which is not really shocking based on what he said since then, and the, just remember back to the night before signing day, just them coming to Oxford that night, it, it's, it's obvious that it was it was a tough it was a close call either way. And it's not like it was one hundred percent he wanted to go to state or on this. So at I I my thing about it is that probably happens more than it's I mean, I I'm gonna guess player a player talking to a coach of another team on the phone every once in a while happens more than anybody thinks, but I mean I'm not saying it's all the time or it's regular, but I'm gonna say it happens more than like just this one time it's just usually not brought up or talked about in the public.
0: There's some coaches like I can see that wouldn't do that.
1: There's some coaches I could see that would do that. Yeah, I mean that, that's like, that's how I feel about like,
0: it. Like I don't see Nick Saban, I don't see Gus Malzahn doing that. Could I see Gary Pinkle doing that? Could I see uh let's see, let another. Name?
1: I mean, I mean, would you not, be surprised if Les Miles did it? I mean, I I,
0: I, I would not by him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Snyder going at Kansas State.
1: There's a lot of guys that wouldn't surprise me if they'd done it. There's, I mean, there's some. If Nick Saban said he'd done that, or Gus Malzahn, or even it, uh, even was it uh, Buschamp when he was at Florida. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't expect of him. He's, he's a saying That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't expect that. But uh, I mean, there's just storm. you just wouldn't be surprised if it happened. But this is one of the few times it's actually been said and I mean, stated in you know, on TV that it that it happens. Talking to Champ, still,
0: greatest sideline interview ever. That girl catches him going into halftime, and he is just, like, full still coaching mode, pumped up, and just just yelling at the girl while he's <laughs> talking to her, leaving by.
1: Still, greatest on moment ever. It, 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 it's not surprising it at there. all that he would do that. And
2: and his lost to few.
0: <laughs> he's he, he's, he, he, he's intense I, I've literally watched him do during all I guess silence and everything else screaming and he's just red faces I mean anything, he's he's as red as ketchup and just thinking dude dude's gonna pop a flip that's I have a heart attack or something he is an intense dude when
1: he gets, gets gets into it. Oh yeah, it's he, he's he's one of the more intense ones I've seen. Um, him, him, and Orgeron, they're pretty they're pretty high up there.
0: Ozeron can crack and make jokes in his odd oh,
1: little
0: weirdish way. jokes he most West Champ wasn't never that way in interviews or anything else. So, I guess I guess going forward, I guess I, I want to go ahead and do this before we, before we get to Justin Sutter. I got to ask you, and it's tough for me, kind of like the predictions, we're going to talk about predictions sometime, I guess do East-West, kind of what's your, I guess I'll start west. what's your prediction from top to bottom for West?
1: Um... See, at the top, probably that, – that's tough. <laughs> um, I can't – I remember I, I, um, I, I Come on, do your stuff. head top to bottom. All right. I'm going to say – I'll say Auburn, then Alabama, then I'll, I'll say State, Ole Miss, LSU – Arkansas
0: and A&M. We're t- we're close to the beginning. I got Auburn, Alabama, and then I got Ole Miss. And here's where it got really tough. It was, now it kind of got tough. I I call contemplate 30, really. I put Arkansas or State. It's, I want the state just because they have that pressure. Well, but we only we offense.
1: have those two. We have those two flips, so it's not that much different.
0: Okay, then I have Arkansas at five, then Texas A&M, then LSU.
1: I think think people are underselling LSU. I I just do. I don't. I think it's... I think it has a
0: possibility... They're not going to have a losing record, but I think it has a possibility to just fall apart.
1: But but you just... But to me them coming in last, that means you probably have Arkansas and A and M going to Baton Rouge and winning and I just I am mean, sorry, I don't really see it. I mean it may happen, but that that's a tough place to go win. And I, I just I, I, I'm just not high on A and M. And Arkansas I mean it's iffy they could be really good but at the same time they they've they lost they they lost their two best guys on defense. Their pass rushers.
0: Well, it was close for me between A and M and LSU. You could flip-flop me either way. You could really be honest between Ole Miss, Arkansas, and State. I wouldn't be safe be surprised if it's a tiebreaker to play Arkansas and State. And I mean, it's just so close. It's just so close there. Not The difference between
2: me,
0: difference between me is that I can see, uh, uh, I can put a way for State and, and Ole Miss to actually win the division. I don't think they are. But I, I can make a case where they could with talent they have. Arkansas, I can see them being spoilers and having a good season. I just can't see a case for them actually win the West. That's the reason I put this bit.
1: I can't either. I mean, to me, to me, our, our, um, Alabama and Auburn will be one and two. I don't really see that that changes. And just in my opinion, I think A and M will finish last. Now, State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and LSU, I think could finish in any order. If, if LSU gets better quarterback play, if one of those guys. Performs better at all than they did last year. They could they could do better than they did, or at least equal that. And to me, those four could any can go from third to six in any order. Now, I I mean, I think if if Ole Miss if State gets if their defense does okay, and I think if Ole Miss gets a pretty good quarterback play, I think those two could jump up to second, maybe first if the other if Auburn and Alabama lose some games. But it's really close. I, I don't. I, I understand why the predictions were so crazy um, in SEC media days because it, it's hard to just sit here and do it. All right, East, go. Uh, you you can go first on this one. All right. First,
0: I got Missouri until somebody, somehow, they just think keeps pulling it out when I'm picking Missouri until they don't win it. Two, I got Georgia. They got the most talent, but Georgia's going to Georgia. Mark Rich on Mark Rich. They're going to lose some damn shit. Hey, okay, it's funny. I'm going to go with South Carolina. I know people that hot on Tennessee. I'm not. South Carolina next, and then Tennessee. Uh, I think they might be better. I just don't think Tennessee is going to be where they're fans. To me, they're the most overrated team. that color stuff blue blue, blue bloods, I guess whatever you want to call it, blue chip programs. If you look back at what they've done, they're in a one minute's time. They still can't even beat Florida. And there are some other teams down. After that, it's a toss. It could be even Florida, then Kentucky, and then Vanderbilt.
1: Okay. I think we have it about the same, except I'm gonna, I am gonna would flip, I think, Tennessee third and South Carolina fourth. Uh, other than that, uh, I think we're about the same. I mean, I, the, the thing is, I'm not even saying Georgia second because Georgia is going to Georgia or whatever. To me... They just have a tougher schedule. They they have their their west opponents are Alabama and Auburn, and and that those are two hard games for anybody. Uh, Missouri Missouri's gets our state schedule. and Arkansas. Missouri gets state and Arkansas. Now, I think both like we just said, both those things could be really good. I have state third, you have state fourth. I mean, both think Arkansas has the potential to be into full seasons. But if you're going to choose between state and Arkansas and Auburn, Alabama, you know, we both know where you're going with that. Right, that's now. a game so, that I think state fans are overlooking is the Missouri game. Yeah, uh, road games on Thursday night in the SEC are tough, and uh, it, yeah, I personally I think Missouri's going to win that game, but I've I've heard some people overlook it. But I mean, I think it's one of those that's going to be closed I, either way. That's actually
0: that's a good thing, to write down I asked you. Uh, right there, to ask
2: uh, I think
1: you know I I well. You can. I, I, I think he has state winning that game. I, I think I remember him predicting that game, but it's one I mean, that that I, he didn't. From what I've heard him talk before, it didn't sound like he was really overlooking it. So, but I have heard some that's just like you know state's going to win that game. So, and it that's one that you just can't overlook the way the way Missouri they they just find ways to win. We we've seen it in the last two years. They they have enough talent, and they get enough out of their quarterback. There, and their defense has been pretty good too. Now I don't know how it'll be this year. But it's been good. It really, it really has. And
0: I know. I'll interesting be, stat. How's it going? Stat, interesting stat. for Matty Malt is first three quarters. He was pretty much the. What maybe I can think? Was at the quarterback in SEC as far as TBR rating? Fourth quarter Matty Mott was number one in SEC.
1: Yeah, that's uh pretty clutch, and, and he he did, There were times that, um, last year he he looked rough, but I I will say down the stretch. He um he he would turn it on. He did turn it on. Um, really minus the Georgia game they played, which was awful. But other than that, I mean, when it came when it came uh came time to get it done and close, he he generally did it.
0: Now we'll bring on Justin Sutton, uh, rights for from whom the Cowboys told. Also, he does Bulldog Sports Radio. How you doing, Justin?
2: Hey, what's going on, guys?
0: How are y'all? Pretty good. Uh, I will start. A lot of people listening here know a lot of some of the basics, a lot of basics a lot of players some big name players. for first Prescott, but I guess to start with defense, lost, you know, several big names on that side of the ball. Right. Right, you know, last year they had you know one B, one A, one A, one B's, and I got some playing time. But who are some guys that maybe didn't start last year or that are going to start this year? And a couple of guys that pretty much nobody really knows about because they haven't played any but they're maybe not stark but especially they're bid
2: the Yeah, no that's a great question because you mentioned the one A's and one B's and so you got some guys who, you know, didn't maybe tally a whole lot of stars that so people aren't thinking about um some names that maybe a little bit familiar right with that a guy like Will redmond wasn't an every game starter but he made a lot of uh, big plays on defense. Uh some guys to kinda of keep an eye on. Uh, you could have uh could see some true freshmen playing some, you know, some playing time in the secondary, like uh, like uh, Jamal Peters, some of those guys. Um, but I think you know, you look at it. I think you're going to look along the line back and forth. You might see some guys that you don't uh, necessarily know um, as well, like a Beniquez Brown, who who is backing up Ben Argent McKinney a good bit. He should be a huge contributor. Uh, on the defense, and that's a guy, to me, if you look at it, along with maybe Richie Brown, a man that maybe folks in Mississippi are familiar with for how well he played in high school, those are two guys who are going to be playing at the linebacker position that I think are going to be a really exciting and a real important component to uh, the Bulldogs' success on defense as far as uh, as new faces on that side of the football. I guess the next-minute
0: question would be uh, the offensive line. How do you feel the offensive line will fare this year? You got a bunch of new names and you got a guy out. Left tackle Memphis Warren, who is pretty much a converted tight end. How do you think they fare compared to last year? Do you think they're better, or worse, and
2: overall, how they're going to get the unit? You know, that's the million-dollar question. I think for Mississippi State, as far as success goes this year, Uh, you take a look. You lost three starters, and 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 Dylan Bay, Ben Beckwith, Blaine Clausel, all very talented. And on one hand, you, you look at it and say, you know, these guys didn't come in very highly rated. Dan Mullen and crew developed them, and they became really good. And if that's your theory, then the guys behind them who came in with better rankings out of school, you think, well, if he's developed them the same way, they're going to be really good. Um, You've got some guys like Martinez Rankin, uh, a great Juco player who, you know, if you look at the two deep that was just put out, which doesn't mean a whole lot, uh, he's not listed as a starter, but he should be playing. I think the offensive line is going to be better than people think is going to be when all is said and done in Mississippi State. I think – you know, it's just the you uncertainty. Know, you see three starters off the offensive line, uh, quality starters, don't get me wrong, but I think the guys are there uh, behind them. A uh, Devin Desper, for example, uh, I think the folks are there behind them to help that offensive line be good. I think for Mississippi State, maybe the good thing when that offensive line's gelling, you got your first game, get Southern Miss, you're going to play an LSU team. So have a good defense. If your line is not ready, it's going to test them a good bit. But on the flip side, yeah, an LSU team that could still be offensively inept at that point. So I think the Bulldogs could be in pretty good shape uh, along the offensive balance, off no. I'll
1: Hey, hey, this is Jay. Uh, how are you doing?
0: Hey,
2: doing great. How you doing, bud?
1: Oh, uh, pretty good. Uh, just, just want to ask. And I've heard, I've heard, I've, I've listened to your show. I've listened to some other shows. Uh, People aren't too happy about it, but you know they had Pres- uh, Dak Prescott last week. They had him uh, predicted to be the first team quarterback in the SEC, mm-hmm. and then they go to the prediction wise, and they had a State seventh. And I, mean, I I knew before I even heard people fussing about it because I-, I figured it would happen, and I didn't really understand it because me and some buddies did our predictions, and I had State finishing third in the West. Right. Uh, okay. My my question is, did it- what is your like, what do you think their thought process – do you think that they think the defense is going to be that bad where – because obviously if they think Prescott will put up numbers and State will put up points, or else he wouldn't be first-in quarterback. Do they think just the State's not going to be able to stop anybody? Because I, and I get the offensive line concerns, but they're still – I mean, they they obviously think they'll be serviceable. I, I just don't see why they think Mississippi State's defense is going to be so bad that they're going to give up that many points.
2: That's the million-dollar question, I'll be honest with you, Jay. I think a lot of what it is, Historically, has Mississippi State, if you go back over the last 50 years, they haven't been a great team multiple years in a row, so that's once or twice. And so I think there's this kind of just, uh, you know, this familiarity with let's take the Bulldogs and low in the standings. Typically, if we do that, we come out right. Um, they're, they're not known for reloading, so to speak. You have to go back to about 98, 99, 2000 to see a team that just, you know, had the best record in the West over a three year span. And so I think it's just kind of tendency to say, hey, let's just kind of, let's just kind of vote them low, you know. Um, it doesn't make sense to me historically. Um, one of our guys on Bulldog Sports Radio, Brian Haydad, did a great job breaking stuff down. First, People voted first team all SEC except one year with uh, with a, a quarterback at Arkansas. I can't even think of his name off the top of my head right now. Uh, that team's gone on to typically win nine games a year, which would probably put them pretty close to what you are predicting third in the SEC West. Um, I think it's just more about our, our familiarity. They're not a sexy name like Auburn or Alabama. Um, A&M's kind of been overrated every year they've been in the SEC. I think it's funny people may be questioning Mississippi State's defense. But they think, oh, well, John Chavis is now in uh, Texas, at Texas A&M. That's going to fix everything. we still got the same players there. Have they, will they learn the system? Will they be ready to go? Um, some folks may be knocking the Mississippi State defense. They did lose Minardrick McKinney. They lost Preston Smith. But, they got a lot of other guys on that defense, a couple of them who are looking at being drafted next year as seniors. So I don't know. I can't find a way to explain why maybe pick seventh. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what you could look at and say that Texas A&M and Arkansas have done to really leapfrog anybody like, going into the SEC season. So um, if you want to put Mississippi State fifth, I could see where somebody might could go. To that. If you want to put them somewhere first, second, third, fourth, I could see that fifth or sixth or seventh. I just really can't find a any kind of good reason why people
1: wanted to do it? Yeah, and, and full disclosure, I had eight and seven, so I, I, I agree yeah. with you there. Uh, it it's a question, that, and it's weird because it, it's probably going to be the same for state next year. I mean, with Prescott gone, you, you, they're they're probably going to say the same thing next year. Um, and just, as far and, and with quarterbacks, uh, and, and I've heard this discussion so, and it's been people said different things about it. Who, who do you think is going to? I know that Damian Williams would get playing time. You know, in bowl game, you figure he'll play against Southern. They'll probably play the other guys too. But uh, if it came down to it, do you think Fitzgerald would be the backup, or do you think they'll go with Damian Williams?
2: My gut tells me, and you know, it's hard to say. Uh, we might get. It might be a bit of a tipping of the hand in the Southern Miss game. Uh, if not, then definitely against Northwestern State. But Damian Williams, you know, two years ago. He only really saved Mississippi State's season. Um, he guided them through the Arkansas game, got them a win, and, and played really well in the Egg Bowl. It was a it was a it was a offensive struggle, but he had Mississippi State in in you know position to do it if it wasn't for special teams mistakes. And Dak Prescott comes off the bench, leads the Bulldogs to the win in overtime. Uh, Damian Williams' contributions that year kind of went forgotten. If he doesn't manage to win the Arkansas game and keep Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, they don't go to the Liberty Bowl, and if they don't have that big showing in the Liberty Bowl. Maybe they don't have the momentum carrying into 2014, and, you know, we're talking about lots of bad things in the city State. But that said, when Damian Williams played last year, he looked, did not look like he had improved. He actually looked like he maybe had regressed some. And I think with that regression, if I'm Dan Mullins and all things are equal between him and Fitzgerald or him or Elijah Staley who's been hurt, I'm going to start putting my time into Fitzgerald or Staley because they're going to be in the program a lot longer. So... Um, of me says if it's like you know maybe you know an injury where Prescott's got to come out for a series, maybe you see Damian Williams come in there. But if it's something that looks like it's got to be a long-term situation, Prescott, God forbid, breaks an ankle, I think you might see him go with Staley or Fitzgerald out there, whichever one he's more comfortable in, and say, you know what, we're gonna go ahead and just start working towards the future this year.
0: This is Justin Sutton from Who the a Cowboy and also Bulldog Sports Radio, Justin. A lot of games last year, even some games, that Interstate won with, like, UAB in Kentucky that mainly safety, but cornerbacks, too, got torched in the the Mm past game. Uh, Really hard against against Ole Miss. Some guys are gone. got some guys coming back from injuries. Real Redmond's possible of the best, at least top two of the three cover corners in the SEC. Probably need to work on tackling forward Been some of his issues. How do you do you think they get better? Do you think they get more prepared? Do you think they changed the man Diaz? Do you think that makes a difference this year than how it was?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of things that maybe contributed to what happened in the last year. Uh, those defensive backs played on an island an awful lot. Uh, that defense, in a lot of ways, was predicated about getting pressure on the quarterback and putting your your corners on islands and basically saying, hey, you know what? We're gonna bend, but when we get to about the 25-20 yard line, we're shutting everybody down. And so I think it opened it up. It was so hard to run against Mississippi State. I think back to the UAB game. It's a specific one that comes to mind. UAB was struggling so much to run the football against Mississippi State. It was like, you know what, we're going to air it out. And what happens, happens. They had a pretty good game through the air. Ole Miss had a great game through the air. Uh, They had some big runs in that game too. The Rebels, I mean, mean, there ain't no way around it. The Rebels just found a way to uh, control that football game from start to finish pretty much. But I think it will be different. I don't think you'll see those guys on an island quite as much. I think, you know, you get a guy like Will Redman, who's going to be out there more, he's developed. If he can really kind of become a shutdown corner and make his part of the field a, a side that the other team doesn't want to attack, then you can kind of help out the other, the other half of the field and take care of them. So I think maybe a change a little bit in the defensive philosophies, uh, a talented player like Redman, who's going to be out there a whole lot more, I think that makes a big difference for Mississippi State. I don't think they get attacked in the passing game uh, quite the way they did in 2014. <laughs> what
0: the defense of is? do you expect any difference as far, I guess, style of play from maybe last year to this year? And, or do you think it's maybe a slow transition to maybe, how he was, I guess, his first stint at, at state?
2: You know, I think you'll see what he did when he's at Mississippi State originally, but maybe have some tweaks. Uh, you know, coaches don't 100% ever change their spots. Uh, there were things I remember before he left that were starting to frustrate Bulldog fans about his defense. Uh, things about Chris Wilson was starting to frustrate Bulldog fans about his defense. Things about Jeff Collins frustrate Bulldog fans about the defense. That's the nature of coaching. You know, you're always, gonna, you're never going to be happy enough with the way things are going nine times out of ten. Um, I think we'll see a bit of a change in the substitution patterns, and maybe that alone plays a big role and uh, some changes on the defense. You know, a lot of folks criticized and said, you know, we really had the one B, so to speak, out there too much. And I think that pattern itself might be worth watching uh, the whole season. If you've got guys who are playing a lot more snaps early in the season than they played last year, how are they when it gets late in the year? Are they going to be healthy enough and fresh enough to make good things happen? Um, I think you're still going to see a team try to get a lot of turnovers, uh, try to be aggressive and those kind of things. I'm really curious to see how the substitution patterns happen because a lot of these guys did not play close to uh, what you necessarily may expect a starter to play snap-wise in 2014. That could be an interesting thing to watch as they go late through the season.
0: Looking at state schedule, and there's there's one game on there that to me is an extremely scary game on the State. You don't really hear it talked about much. you think the Missouri game is a scary game for Mississippi State fans, and how do you see that game turning out?
2: Oh, man, you know, I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, if you want to go to one road game, that's the game you're going to. Um, is it scary? Is it a track game? Absolutely. What that game opens up are four of the toughest games on the Mississippi State schedule going down the stretch. you got Missouri, Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Mississippi State could be 8-0 and, and things don't go right. They could come through that stretch 8-4. and I mean, I think it's huge. I think for Mississippi State season-wise, they want to be bowl eligible, have seven wins already. Uh, before they get to that game because it's not going to be uh, just an easy type of game. Now, all that said, I think Mississippi State's got the ability to beat them, um, but it's not going to be easy. It's a, it's a new opponent at a new place, and that is going to be uh, a fairly tough game. But, you know, the SEC West, the top teams in the West, when they have played Missouri the last couple of years, they've, they've beaten the Tigers. I think Mississippi State's got the ability to go into Columbia. Thursday night, a little scary. Students get a little bit more fired up, that kind of thing. But I think at the end of the day, the Bulldogs can go into Columbia and win that game. I think it's going to be tight, but then the Bulldogs walk away with the win. Pretty good. I guess, going to your head, what, what
0: State's right record at the end of the season? And I guess who's your pitch for the East and West and who wins this championship?
2: That is one, one tough question because um, if the offensive line doesn't gel for Mississippi State 7-5. If it does, I can see them getting 9 uh, maybe getting back to 10 wins. There's so many unknowns, I think, in the West this year, and that's why we've seen uh, so much uh, of the madness in the standings. You look at Auburn, how how proven is Jeremy Johnson? Uh, you look at Ole Miss, what happens to this offense? I know a lot of Ole Miss fans weren't Bo Wallace guys. They got frustrated with Bo Wallace, but now it's time for somebody else to prove uh, themselves. Is Laquan Treadwell healthy? Texas A&M, are they improved? There's question marks about every team in the West when it comes down to it. Um, if you want me to give you a safe number of wins, I would say the Bulldogs go. Um, I'd say nine and three. I could see ten and two again, uh, which may be not enough to win the West. And they finish seven and five. I wouldn't be 100% surprised, and if they found some way to run the table, I'd be a little bit more surprised, but not 100% surprised by that either. The West, is just that I think there's that many question marks in the West. But so if I had to guess, I put the Bulldogs somewhere around eight and four, nine and three. Um, you maybe pick a West champion. I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, you know, just. They got a proven record, but I can see Bama winning it. I can see it being State. I can see it being Auburn, uh, Ole Miss, LSU. Actually, a lot of those teams winning it. Um, I think whoever the West champion is is going to win the SEC. So I think I pretty much hedged every bet I've just made uh, in the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I'm running for political office, apparently, now, too. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: You, know, you know, Dan Mullen, he, some people say he wrote
2: it for he, he, he has nothing on you. Yeah, there you go. How'd you like that? That was most non-committal, committal answer of all time. I think. I, I think it's what's gonna make the season fun, though, guys. The West is just uh, so unpredictable. If he held a number. If he held a gun to my head. I, I see nine wins from Mississippi State. Uh, again, always good stuff, Jason. I appreciate
0: you coming on, there. Hey, you guys. You to Have a good one, guys. You too. All right. That was Jason Sutton. He he writes for Who the Cowboys. Control.com, y'all you know, said so there's a show, where Bulldog Sports trailer, should I say. Always just stuff, or, uh, all always fun time Jason, I mean, I, I'm kind of right there. I, I just, I think states, uh, to be pit last is asinized for, for state. I just don't see it. I know a lot of Ole Miss people don't think they're going to learn about the best. I don't see it. Last year, next year, because something happened. Absolutely, I think they probably take about that. You know, unquestioned. I would mark them down some, but with Dak and what they have and everything else, I mean, I think they're at least an eight-win team, possible a nine to ten with them. I could see it. If somebody told me they went ten to two again, that wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, that, that's my thought. And for any, just me, anybody that's going to pick state last this year. I don't think you can have Prescott as your first team all-ACC quarterback. I mean, to me, he would have to regress for them to finish last. I don't think there's any way, if he plays to that level, that they will finish at the bottom. They will win games just based on his play, in my opinion. I don't – You, to me, you can't put him – you think he's going to perform better than any quarterback in the conference but not win more games than that. Because while you can say, oh, their talent, they've lost some people, whatever, their talent's not bad enough to finish at the bottom, regardless of his stats. Um, so, to me, if you think they're going to finish last, you would have to drop him to third-team th- third quarterback or off the list. First-team quarterback's not going to finish six and six, seven and five, I don't think, and finish below everybody else in the standings.
0: Yeah, I just don't see it either. I mean, I know almost people want them to be the worst in, in the West, and I don't see it. I'm not a believer in 15 10 a.m. I'm... You're more of a believer at LSU. I know the only thing that has been years like this is years that LSU really just lets my off pull the thing out of the hat to go 10-2. But just looking at their team and their quarterback play, I know almost has any quarterback play and all this, but it was abysmal last year. Yet, I still don't know exactly what's going to happen. I, I'll suspect he gets Suspended for a game or something like that. Although he's Genie, Anthony, Jimmy Genie scares me less than Brandon Harris because Brandon Harris has more tools than than Jimmy does. But do they trust him enough not to make mistakes? You know, he kind of he played really well at the very end when the game was kind of out of hand and kind of got him close to it against Mississippi State. But when he started versus Auburn, he was god awful when you know all the pressure. There's really no pressure on him to get a statement. All the pressure is on him as a starter, I and he just he folded. I mean, completely folded. Yeah, well, I mean that
1: that that's true. That's true. But that was also his first career start as a freshman. I mean, you got to feel like he'll he won't just. And he he has enough talent to be a little bit better than he was last year, especially you know at Auburn. Oh, I like mean, to ask for a game one start. I mean, they
0: have really good wide receivers. They have. A heck of a running back. <laughs> hey, they have a, to me, the best running back in the country. I mean, he's a dynamic player. Um, you give him to Ole Miss right now, I say they. I honestly would say they win the West. But, or you give, take one or two other alignment away, I could say Ole Miss wins the West. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But just that quarterback play and then there's questions on defense. They have they've been good. They play really well against Ole Miss. Basically Ole Miss's line can't contain their ends and got pressure on Ole Miss Omiss over and over and flesh they walls, lost lost, lost composure. But they even lost more players this year. their cornerbacks their haven't been that good. They've lost some of their better cornerbacks. Just between that and
1: and they're going to have a lot of youth this year. Well, okay, I just don't the, see it. The reason I'll tell you this: the reason why I I was higher on LSU was not because I really thought they were going to be a great team. It was when I looked at their schedule, it it wasn't bad as far as who they play. Because I, I already said they play A and M and Arkansas at home. That's games that LSU can win. To me, and I think they can win those two games. And will they win both? I don't know, but I mean, I would say they would probably win both. Arkansas is going to be a tough one. After that, I mean, they play LSU. I mean, they play Florida at home. Hey, I, I would have them.
0: I, play I, them I, play I, I, I
1: would say. Okay, and they and their their crossover game in the East at South Carolina.
0: We're going to do it. We're going to go through it right now. Go ahead. I'm, we're going to pull out. i pull up their schedule right
1: now. Right. So, I think about it. They play Florida at home. They play Arkansas and A and M at home. They play at South Carolina. They can win those games. I mean. at they, to me, it's not that they're going to be just outstanding or so much better than last year. I mean, they just had the talent to win those games. And I mean, if you tell me they they sneak up and they went and they beat Auburn at home or something, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. All right, let's go <laughs> to it. Was Mississippi State win? We won't discuss it. Yeah.
0: At Mississippi State, uh, I have State winning that game. Me, me too. I say I it. That's kind of a game-changer for me if they
1: win that one. I wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way, but, I mean, I would have State winning the game.
0: I'm picking State, so i say that's one and one. Okay, yep.
1: next at Auburn. I mean, it's, well, Auburn at Baton Rouge. I, I, whenever we did the prediction, I actually picked LSU in this game. Well, I'm not. So I got up Well, you got them two and one. I got them. And, and and two. I and I will admit that that's a slight upset, but you have Jeremy Johnson starting on the road. That I, mean, I I realize okay. he's supposed to be amazing, but that's his first start on the road. Well, I'm. So you have him Petita, one and two. I have him
0: winning. and I think Jeremy Johnson by the end, is the best quarterback in the league.
1: But that but this from is from what
0: I from so what I've seen. Tent. I tell you this right now: when they when, on this morning on the bat, they had Ryan Buchanan and Ed, Devontae Kincaid. If if Jeremy Johnson said you drop both of them last time, y'all, he's free, he freeze, we gave a left note and dropped, dropped both of them to get Jeremy Johnson.
1: Okay, well, guess what? I'll go with you on that just just for keeping up safe. I'll, I'll, and I could easily see Auburn okay. winning that game. So we'll go, with, we'll go with Auburn on that one just to be safe. All right. Uh, what is that? Seventy, one, and, one and two. Seventy, no, that's a win. I said that's a win. That's a win.
0: I think I think, I, I think I think it will be a closer than people will think if they lose both those games because I kind of be down. But I still think they win. So That's two and two. Eastern Michigan is three and two. South Carolina, that's tricky. Uh,
1: I'm not bat, giving that it's one. Is in, in Rouge.
0: I want to say that's a win. That's four and two. So
1: it is, no, that game's at South Carolina. That's right. It's South Carolina. But I'm still saying LSU's going
0: to win I'm say LSU's going to win. Yeah.
1: I say they beat Florida.
0: They will five and, that's five and two. They'll beat be Michigan, that's six and two. Then they got Alabama that's a loss. That's that's a loss. Six and that's a loss. Six and three. Arkansas. That's a tight one.
1: And I'm giving L S U that one. I mean it's at home. And Well, I am going I'm
0: going to corn flip it because I'm and I'll tell you why I'm gonna do it, corn flip it. Okay. At Ole Miss, that's a loss, so that's that's the lot. I mean, I would say so, that was 7 and 4. I would say that it's 6 and 4. That's Texas A M
1: at Baton Rouge. Well, would, well, you're either...
0: Hold on. It can't be I'll 7. Tell you, I, well, I know. I'm going to tell you. You'll get it when right I'm at the Just let it. Just let's play along with me. Because that's... That's coin tosses to me. Texas A&M... You're going to pick, pick Texas a m., right? Well, yeah. Okay. Well... You got them seven and four. That's going to be eight and four. Eight and four. It's eight and four. Okay. Okay. I got Titanium and Arkansas's cornflip corn flip games, depending on how other games go. Usually, you say corn flip games, you split it. So that means I have them at seven and five.
1: That's not. But that's not last place in the list. I mean, just based on how many mm-hmm. conference games you have them winning. Well, if they're I mean, if
0: they're seven and five. But that's four conference. Is that you only had, had three? Five. That's five conference games. Seven
1: I and five, you five, five. Five conference I you had, losses. Yeah, I guess you had them three and five. Yeah. I I just At, don't think A and M is a one foot game. I, I really don't.
0: Well, I'm just saying between. Uh, okay, let's just put it this way: say they lose our Say they lose say they go on Say they're going to They lose. Alabama, Arkansas, will Miss, and they're at that point
1: they're six and five. Well, if really get six and five, they they could lose that game.
0: That's what, what I think is going to pass the cornflip game. But
1: I don't think A and is going to be any better. So that's why I would All still be right. LSU. I think A and is going to
0: finish last. So <laughs> well, I got them just ahead of LSU. Well, we there. I think they're.
1: I like Kyle.
0: I like what I saw from him. I think they're going to be good on offense. I don't think they'll be able to stop anybody, but I think they're going to be good on offense.
1: Yeah. I and with
0: their, they got their receivers. They got a decent running back. Got a, the question is, is their line also? Can they replace that much talent they've lost over the past few years? They've been just taking guys at right tackle and putting them at left. It's been working, but all pretty much the so called NFL talent sure sure fire NFL talent going a lot, so that's the kind of question mark then. That's just I mean I just if you told me they went if say if they went eight and four, I wouldn't be shot. I'm just saying I pick both of them as how I see it cause if it wasn't in Baton Rouge, if it's neutral site I'd definitely pick Arkansas, being in Baton Rouge, give them a chance it's kinda of corn flip. But if they lose that game, that makes case ain't in a corn flip game, so I'm just saying they split them.
1: And it makes it go ten and five. And I think I had them nine and three whenever I did it. <laughs> Which I mean, I, eight and four seems more realistic to me. But uh, I don't know. Hey, I, I, it's it's it, who really knows? It, it could go. I mean, if their quarterback play really is as bad as it was last. I mean, if, two, if you told me
0: if you told me LSU went nine and three, it went not shot. If, if so called football are good, they went nine and three it wouldn't shot me now if somebody said they went 10-2, that would have shot me it would but, shot me too that, but,
1: that can't go above nine and three with them. but i
0: mean seven and five is very possible for them they're yeah,
1: not yeah, I'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it's not possible I think it's very possible, but I think they'll i think they'll they they'll just end up with more than more than that. Um, so you know I, I guess it got got buried I was
0: listening to the interview by Edward Ash often. do you do you think it kind of was just not written about it because I had a word I guess you about do you do you think uh, CJ Johnson might have tipped his hand a little bit to the quarterback even more than we thought he
1: did I I didn't hear the interview
0: well basically he got asked about how they feel about this year's team and something about the offense how they feel you know quality quarterbacks, of how do And his first question, well, his first response was, well, you got a guy, and got a guy that can now, we got a guy here finally now that can throw it 60 uh, at times, get at 70 yards, you got to feel really good about scoring, scoring like we did at Fast team with the then that somebody mentioned, oh, you know, you're talking about Chad Kelly. He said, "Well, you know, all three of the guys that can throw, you know, pretty much throw 60 and seven yards." He kind of like rephrased it
1: which is not—I don't think it's true.
0: I don't think so either. I think, in my opinion, I think the players think Chad Kelly's going to be the starter.
1: I think everybody thinks it's going to be Chad Kelly, and if it's not, I think every most everybody will be fairly shocked.
0: I mean, even. Even more so than the Coker situation, because last year when all like that was going on, the players talked about, you know, they're
1: about on out, we can't to anybody.
0: They're not saying his name to a certain extent, but they're talking about him being a starter.
1: Every player that they've interviewed, based on what they said, it really could only mean Chad Kelly. Just not saying his name, but the way they're describing the quarterback position. Uh, it, it points to Kelly and really I think that's what most everybody thought the whole time. To me, Freeze just Freeze just doesn't I, I don't I don't know that he's truly one hundred percent made up his mind, but I just don't think he wants to come out and say who the starter is now, because it really doesn't benefit him at all. I say
0: this and this is why I think this.
1: I, I, I guarantee you Freeze has not
0: come out to the team that is the best car. I, I almost would. I mean I've put a lot of money on. But they have eyes. They're out there. They see who's the best quarterback on the campus. You see pictures. You, you see other things. You see stuff on social media. Wide receivers with Chad Kelly, running back with Chad Kelly, doing several stuff. You see it a good bit, you know, working on their own. You know, they, that's what they do, you know, tell them you're not seeing these same pictures with Robbie Cannon with, with, with Devontae Kincaid. But you're seeing this. Now, this is not Chad Kelly putting these picture out. These are other players posting this stuff. Now, you might see a picture here there's some standing together, but it's other players putting out pictures of them doing You know, they use their quotes, grinding out and working on the playbook such and such different little mottos. But they see... He's the best talent. He has the best chance to win in their eyes. They'll talk about can they get behind a guy? Can he lead the team? Well, if a guy gives you the best chance of winning, it's a lot
1: easier to rally right behind him. And I think the players see that. So in their mind, that's just going to be the start. I agree. I mean, it didn't say what you want about Mandel, but when he was at A and M, I, I, he had the team behind him 100. percent Exactly. You, if you can play, you're gonna you're gonna gain that. You're gonna gain that respect and you're gonna and people are gonna follow you. So yeah, I think I think pretty much most people have have uh come to the conclusion he's gonna be the quarterback by at least by week three.
0: Last thing I want to get out of here before we about to run out of time. How does that with some people on Twitter and Tom Lee to releasing Ohio State going through an SEC schedule. In the West, I think they go undefeated the there. In the East, and play the right schedule. In the West,
1: what do you think their record would be? I would, I would say around the ten and two mark. Me too. I mean,
2: I, I still try to say
0: all in all, it'd be eight and four. You know, stuff so like this, not top nine three. To me, I would say ten and two, 11 and one. I said so they're not going to feed it, but 10 I would predict them to win the West. I mean, yeah. I mean, if not, they could definitely be second. I mean, it'd be yeah, somebody I mean, upsetting them. I
1: mean, honestly, I think a tie for first and then losing out on the tiebreaker would probably be worst-case scenario. I just That's, that's I think, what I would figure. I think they're that good. I mean, it, say what you want. He they have treated a...
0: them like an SEC team, and I said this, and I believe it. Urban Meyer is just as good, if not better, and I'm, I tend to go to hand towards better than Nick say as a coach
1: right now, yeah, he's good I no question about you it. You might not
0: like how he is, you might not like him as a person he might be hot. you might think he's hot garbage a terrible human being, but he
1: is the elite coach. I one hundred percent agree with that he they're they're really good i mean they can always lose a game I mean look at it last year they lost that home to Virginia Tech a bad Virginia Tech team, and it happens
0: but <laughs> have to bring it up. Did you see where he pre that he'd hang on to the quarterback situation at Ohio State? No. He said I let each one in the first game play a quarter, decide in the fourth who's gonna be the starter, and that's who was starts to year. <laughs> being sarcastic, but I mean I thought it was a little bit funny. Huh? Yeah, I
1: mean I, he obviously wasn't being serious, but that uh, he hey they're 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 all three that good. I'm, I'm sure he's
0: taking it at three.
1: He would rather deal with that than deal with what he's dealing with now. I'm not saying Kelly can't be good, but we've everyone's already seen those three guys play. Yes.
0: Well, then we're going to wrap it up here. How about have a safe weekend? Uh, I guess next time we talk, we're about a week away from fall campus. Getting really close. We'll try to have somebody on next week to preview somebody else who's getting that class, which I have a few guys at home during fall camp, even bigger picture. And let's we'll see what else kind of event we've been this weekend. Let's we'll kind of see what else pops, and we'll talk about it. Till then, everybody have a second weekend.